Welcome back to the Dante in a Year podcast. My name is Danny Fitzpatrick. We're going deeper and deeper into hell, where today we'll meet the hoarders and the squanderers in Dante's Inferno, Canto 7. Papa Satan, Papa Satan, Aleppe, crowed Plutus in his clucking voice, and that gentle sage discerning all said to comfort me, take no notice of your fear, for potent though he is, he'll not stop our descending this rock. Then he turned again to those inflamed lips and said, silence, cursed wolf, let your rage consume itself within you. This journey to the pit comes not without occasion. It is willed in the heights where Michael wrought vengeance on the proud mutiny. As when sails swelling with wind collapse and tangled when the mast snaps, so the cruel beast crashed to the ground. So we descended to the fourth lock, drawing down the doleful slope and casing all the evil of the universe. Ah, justice of God! Who steeps such new travails and pains as I saw? And why does our sin not spare us? As the waves above Charybdis shatter as they topple on each other, so the people here must break upon themselves. Here too I saw more souls than up above, who from one part and the other, with great howls, were rolling weights before their breasts. They burst upon each other and pushed their burdens back, shouting as they wheeled away, why do you grasp, and why do you waste? So they turned through their gloomy road, from each hand to the opposite point, screeching to each the same measure, then turned again, where they joined another joust along the semicircle. And I, whose heart was nearly pierced, said, O oh, my master, show me now what is this people, and if all those, the tonsured ones at our left, were clerics, and he to me. All were so cross-eyed of mind in the first life, they took no measure of their spending. Their voices cry this clear enough when they come to the curves two points where disparate sin dispels them. These were clerics who have no cap of hair on the head and popes and cardinals in whom avarice surpasses itself. And I, Master, among such as these I ought well recognize a few at least who were immersed in these contestant evils. And he to me, you assemble an empty thought. The undiscerning life that soiled them now darkens them to any recognition. To eternity these two will come to clash. These will resurge from the sepulchre with closed fists and with their coarse hair cropped. Their giving and the grasping have torn their lovely world away and put them to this scuffle. As for that, I'll preen no pretty words. Now you can see, my son, the brief bluff of the goods we commit to fortune, for which the human race rebuffs itself. For all the gold there is below the moon and ever was, could never give repose to one of these worn souls. O oh, master, I said, tell me now as well, this fortune on which you touch, what is it that holds the good of the world in its branches? And he to me, O oh, silly creatures, what ignorance it is that confronts you. I wish you'd imbibe my sentence against her. The one whose wisdom transcends all made the heavens and gave them guides that every part should shine on each other, equally distributing the light. Likewise for the worldly splendors he ordained a general minister and guide, who at times transmutes these vain goods from people to people and from one to another blood 
above the defense of human sense, for which one people rules and another languishes, following from her judgment, which is hidden as a snake in the grass. Your wisdom can't contend with her. She foresees, she judges, and she pursues her reign as all the other gods. Her permutations bear no truce. Necessity makes her swift, so often shifts the sequence of events. It is she so often pressed upon the cross by them that would give her laud, giving out blame and fault with evil voices. But she is blessed and doesn't hear them. With the other prime happy creatures, she turns her sphere and enjoys her happiness. Now we descend to greater pity. Now every star falls that was leaping when I moved myself, and we must not stay too long. We cut across the circle to the other bank, above a font that boils and turns back upon a channel it derives of itself. The water was darker than deepest loss, and we, in company with the tinged waves, entered upon a strange way. Into the swamp named Styx runs the sad stream when it descends to the foot of these gray malignant slopes. And I, who stood intensely gazing, saw muddy people in that marsh, all naked, with semblances offended. These percussed each other not only by hand, but with head and chest and feet, tearing each other bit from bit with their teeth. The good master said, Son, now you see the souls of them that anger conquered. And I wish you to know for certain, too, that below the water are people sighing, and they make the water teem at the surface, as the eye will tell you when they breathe. Fixed in the mud, they say, we were sad in the sweet air that exalts in the sun, bearing within us a seedy as fume. Now we are sad in the black bog. This hymn they gurgle in the throat, for they cannot speak a whole word. So we wound down the stinking mess in a great arc, between the dry bank and the marsh, with eyes turned to them gulping filth, we came to the foot of a tower in the end. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Dante in a Year podcast. See you Tuesday for Canto 8.